Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming at you as I do every Wednesday night. I'm your host, Jeffrey Hooks, coming at you solo yet again this week. I did plan on having two guests this week. James and Josh were supposed to be joining me. Unfortunately, I was unable to connect with them. So coming at you solo yet again this week. I usually do about six pages of notes when I do a solo podcast because I know I have to fill the time. I did plan on having two other speakers, like I said, so this podcast will be a little bit shorter than my normal solo podcast, but I still want to give you guys some good picks for week 11. Week 10 was absolutely insane. It saw my Dallas Cowboys blow a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, the first time in the history of the franchise that did that. They were 159-0 when leading by 14 or more points entering the fourth quarter. That streak coming to an end, they fall to the Packers. The Eagles, the final undefeated team in the league, falling to the Washington Commanders on Monday Night Football. I did give out the Commanders plus 11. That put my picks up to 8-6 and six on the week. Unfortunately, the teaser of the week was a loser. The Raiders not getting it done for us there. They could not beat the fight in Jeff Saturday's uh, the Indianapolis Colts. So the teaser down of the week down to 6-4 and four on the year. We will look to get that back on track. And, and two things I wanted to touch on real quickly before we dive into the games. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the game we just talked about, uh, Taylor Heineke in the Commander's upset win over the Eagles. Saw so many people online bashing Taylor Heineke for oh, it's classless to celebrate a penalty, and he's way too excited. Like, oh, like, he's celebrating like he won the Super Bowl. Like, everyone was getting on this dude. It's like, this dude's the ultimate underdog. Like, he was sleeping on his sister's couch playing backup in the XFL a couple of years ago. He went from that to being a starting quarterback on a team that just took down a heated division rival that was undefeated on Monday Night Football. And most of the people complaining, by the way, are Eagles fans. It's just really funny to me about Eagles fans. Like, oh, yeah, you love Invincible and you love Rocky. You love all that underdog shit until an underdog does underdog shit to you. Uh, (laughs) I digress. Just something that really bugged me. I did not like all the hate that Taylor Heineke got. Uh, Thing number two is not going to have me as animated. It was just something kind of funny that I noticed. Uh, Two of Tongue of Iloa has shot up the MVP uh, ladder, if you will. Like, if you go to bet who the league MVP will be, uh, Tua Tungvaloa now fourth on that list, uh, sitting at around plus 800. Meanwhile, Tyreek Hill sitting at plus 5,000. All respect to Tua Tungvaloa, but this is just like the telltale sign that MVP might as well be called MVQ. It is a quarterback award. There is nobody in this world who knows football that is going to tell you that Tua is more valuable to the Dolphins than Tyreek Hill. If MVP was actually most valuable player, Tyreek Hill would be much higher on this list than Tua. Just call it what it is at this point. It's most valuable quarterback. They just they just want to be cute about it. Uh, they're like, oh, the Offensive Player of the Year award is, is, is for guys like that. But, you know, just... I digress. Uh, it's not really as big of a deal as the Taylor Heineke thing. Just um, and, and the Taylor Heineke thing isn't really a big deal either, but just two things that just kind of bugged me and I wanted to touch on before we dive into the games. But let's do that now. 
starting with Thursday Night Football. It is going to be the Titans taking on the Packers. The Packers are a three-point favorite in Lambeau for this one, the over-under sitting at 41. And this is a game that I expect both teams to really commit to the run. I know you think the Packers, you think Aaron Rodgers, but even in that win against the Cowboys, so they put up 31 points, they had 39 rushing plays of just 20 passes. And of course, everyone knows the Titans are one of the most run-heavy teams in the league. Uh, that lends itself to the under, and then you dive a little bit deeper. The under is 7-2 and two in, in Titans games this year, and those two overs are by just a half of a point. Their last six games have had 41 or less points scored in them, so that is right. I am riding the under 41 for this game. That is going to move us on to Sunday, and we're going to start with the Bears taking on the Falcons. The Falcons, a three-point favorite at home in this one, the over-under sitting at 49-and-a-half. And these are two bad defenses and two very bad pass offenses, but two of the best rushing offenses in the league. But of course, they get it done in different ways. Of course, you have the Bears rushing attack led by their quarterback, Justin Fields, 325 yards and three touchdowns in just his last two games. He has five straight games of at least 60 yards rushing and at least 80 in four of those games, five touchdowns over that span. He's really making that year two leap. The game looks like it's slowing down for Justin Fields. And I'm going with the Bears plus three in this one simply because Justin Fields is going to be the best player on the field in this game. Marcus Mariota is capable of running the football as well, but I think the Falcons are more reliant on Arthur Smith and that system, and I think that they're going to be able to get it done on the ground. I just trust Justin Fields more than any other player in this game, so give me the Bears plus three in this one. That is going to take us on to the Browns taking on the Bills. The Bills an eight-point favorite at home in this one, the over-under sitting at 41 and a half, and we just watched this Browns defense get absolutely torched by the Dolphins. A couple of weeks ago, they gave up over 300 yards passing to Bailey Zappi, this Browns defense is not as good as it was last year. Meanwhile, the Bills' run defense has been fantastic. The times that we've seen them kind of struggle on defense, it's against teams that can pass the ball. The Browns cannot do that. Uh, last week against the Vikings, they did give up one big play on the ground to Dalvin Cook, an 81-yard touchdown run. They also had one 15-yard scramble by Kirk Cousins. But if you take away those two plays, the Vikings had 23 carries for 55 yards. I think the Bills are in for a big bounce back spot here. I'm taking the Bills minus eight. There's also supposed to be some severe weather in this game, a blizzard. And of course, we saw the Bills play in a blizzard last year and pretty much just get outcoached by Bill Belichick. I don't think the Browns are going to be able to do what, what the Patriots did. The Bills also, when you go back to that game, they really should have won. Josh Allen was, he has that arm strength. He was able to throw in those conditions on the other side. Mac Jones was not. I think you can see the same thing happen here. Jacob Brissett's not going to be able to get it done in the elements. I think Josh Allen will. So give me the Bills minus eight. I'm also going to start the teaser of the week with this game. Teaser of the week. That is right, the teaser of the week, looking to get back on track six and four on the season. We're going to start with teasing the Bills from minus eight down to minus two. I don't think there's any way this Bills team is going to lose three straight games, especially not at home to Jacoby Brissett and the Cleveland Browns. That is going to take us on 
to the Eagles taking on the Colts. The Colts a six and a half point underdog at home. The over under sitting at 44. And we watched this Colts team beat a reeling Raiders team last week. I think they really got up and played hard in Jeff Saturday's first game. Meanwhile, the Eagles on the other side just lost a kitchen sink kind of game uh, against the Washington Commanders. The Commanders just throwing everything at them. It was essentially their Super Bowl. As I predicted on the last podcast, the Eagles had some turnover regression, which I thought was going to lead to a cover by the Commanders. Did not think it would lead to an outright win, but I think the Eagles have a bounce back game here. I like the Eagles minus six and a half, and they are going to be the second leg of the teaser of the week. We're going to tease the Eagles down to a half point. So Bills minus two, Eagles minus a half is going to be the teaser of the week, and that is going to take us on to the Jets taking on the Patriots. The Patriots, a three-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 38 and a half. And of course, we just saw these two teams play in in week eight, the Patriots won that matchup 22 to 17. But when you dive a little bit deeper into how the Patriots were able to put up those 22 points, they got four field goals off of three Jets turnovers and a long missed field goal. I think the Jets are going to do a better job of taking care of the ball. And I really trust this Jets defense. When you go back to that game, they completely shut down this Patriots offense, save for one touchdown drive to start the second half. They also had a pick six get called back by a penalty. So if it wasn't for that, the Jets would have won this first matchup. So I'm going to grab the three points here with the New York Jets. Jets plus three is going to be my play for this game. That is going to take us on to the Rams taking on the Saints. The Saints, a four-point favorite at home in this one. The over-under sitting at 39. And I think this Rams team might be the worst team in the NFL without Cooper Cup. They are 31st in yards per game at just 307 yards per game. Cooper Cup, so if you take away the last game he played, which he got hurt in and and exited with negative one yard, he was averaging 108 yards from scrimmage per game. So 307 yards per game as a team, and that's second worst in the league, 108 of those were by Cooper Cup. So you take him away from this offense, and they are absolutely nothing. They also might not have Matthew Stafford in this one, so that means they're going to be heavily reliant with no staff or with no cup on the run game. And they are the worst running team in the league, just 68.1 rushing yards per game. So give me the Saints minus four in this one. I've not been impressed with Andy Dalton and the Saints this year, but I think they are easily capable of taking care of a completely decimated Rams team. And uh, the Rams don't even have the benefit of having their first round picks. So uh, it could be some tough sledding for the Rams ahead. That is going to take us on to the Giants taking on the Lions. The Giants, a three-point favorite at home. This one, the over-under sitting at 45. And the Giants played terrible last week. And if they were playing anybody but the Houston Texans, they probably would have lost that game. The Texans outgained the Giants in that game and also had two turnovers deep in Giants territory in that one. All seven of the Giants' wins are by eight points or less, so all one-score wins. This is the Lions' offense also. They got back on track last week against the Bears. I don't think the Giants have the weapons to exploit this terrible Lions defense. So I'm actually going to take the Lions plus three. The Giants also gave up 319 yards passing to Davis Mills last week. So I think Jared Goff in this Lions offense is going to be able to move the ball. I love grabbing three points with them. I might even have a sprinkling on the money line there. 
That is going to take us on to the Panthers taking on the Ravens. The Ravens a 13-point favorite in this one. That is the highest line of the week. The over-under sitting at 41.5. And And I know Lamar Jackson is going to be the best player on the field in this one. This Ravens team is flying high, and they're likely going to win this game. But I cannot lay the 13 points in this one. Double-digit dogs over the last two weeks in the NFL are 4-0 against the spread, including two outright wins. They are 12-4 against the spread on the season, so I just cannot lay these large totals anymore. I didn't even dive into the particulars of this game. I just saw that total, and I said, you know what? That that is a no bet for me. So for me, I'm going to give out the Panthers plus 13, but um, I would stay away from this game from a gambling standpoint. Uh, Just laying that many points is is so hard in the NFL, and and the Panthers, I mean, they are probably 13 points worse than the Ravens. I'm just not going to come out here and lay it. You leave yourself the potential to get backdoored. So uh, it's going to be a stay away from me for the purposes of the podcast. I'll give out the Panthers plus 13. That is going to take us on to the Commanders taking on the Texans. The Texans, a three-point underdog at home in this one. The over-under sitting at 40 and a half. And this game has all of the telltale signs of a letdown game for the Washington Commanders. They had an emotional win Monday night in Philly. They're primed for that letdown spot, but this Texans team is absolutely terrible, and they're pretty reliant on the run. Yes, Davis Mills did have 318 yards passing last week. That was a little bit of an outlier. They're playing from behind. They're pretty reliant on Damian Pierce and the run, and this commander's defensive front is fantastic. Their two defensive tackles are the two league leaders in tackles for loss, so I think that they are going to have... This Texans team's facing a lot of long third downs. They're going to shut down this run game. And I think the Commanders uh, roll pretty easily to a victory in this one. So give me the Commanders minus three. I like it even more uh, buying the half point, taking the Commanders down to minus two and a half. That is going to take us on to the Raiders taking on the Broncos. The Broncos, a two and a half point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 41 and a half. And this game in Denver where the Broncos are allowing just nine points per game at home. In fact, the under is eight and one in their games. However, the only over was in week four against the Raiders. That was the start of a three-game stretch where the Raiders' offense looked great. And we're like, oh, here's this Raiders team that we all expected. But they have fallen off of a cliff since then. This is also a matchup of two pretty bad coaches, uh, Nat Hackett, Josh McDaniel. I don't trust either one of those guys enough to bet my money on the side. So I'm going to be on the under here. Like I said, the under 8-1 and one in Broncos games this year. So give me the under 41 and a half. That is going to take us on to the Bengals taking on the Steelers. The Steelers, a four-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 41. Of course, the Steelers won a wild week one matchup against the Bengals, and they have TJ Watt back. On the other side, still no Jamar Chase, and this offensive line for the Bengals has been really bad against top pass rushers. Uh, we talked about that week one game where TJ Watt just rat just ravished Joe Burrow there in the pocket, just completely destroyed this offensive line. You saw Micah Parsons do the same thing in week two for Dallas. You saw Miles Garrett a couple of weeks ago as well do the same thing on Monday Night Football. However, I just cannot put my money on this Steelers team. Kenny Pickett just not looking great. So I'm going to play the under 41 in this game. I think the Steelers pass rush is able to get pressure on Joe Burrow, but I also, as you know, love Lou Anarumo. He's one of my favorite coordinators in the league. I think He is going to be able to do a good enough job of slowing down the Steelers' offense, which hasn't really been able to do much this year. So I'm going to be on the under 
41 in this game. If you twist my arm, make me pick a side, I guess I'll take the four points with the Steelers at home, but I'm feeling a little bit more confident in the under. That is going to take us on to my Dallas Cowboys taking on the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings actually a one and a half point underdog at home in this one, the over-under sitting at 47 and a half. And you might look at this line and think, man, how are the Vikings an eight and one team that just beat the Buffalo Bills underdogs to a Cowboys team that just lost to the lowly Packers at Lambeau Field, blew a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. But you have to kind of take a step back in this one. The Vikings coming off that emotional fourth quarter win, the Cowboys coming off of a fourth quarter collapse. But through three quarters of both of their games, if the games had just ended there, okay, the Cowboys won by 14 and the Vikings lost to the Bills. Yeah, I can see this line making sense. So I think what Vegas did here is kind of just took out the, the collapses at the end, the collapse by the Cowboys and the collapse by the Bills. The Bills were a simple snap exchange away from running out the clock and beating the Vikings. And, and even if the Cowboys did lose to the Packers and the Vikings lose that game to the Bills, I still think this line makes a little more, more sense. I think the only reason that it looks as fishy as it does is because the Vikings had that miraculous comeback. But I think because of that miraculous comeback, they're primed for a letdown spot. And this pass defense for the Vikings is one of the worst in the league. And that's despite playing a pretty weak schedule of passing offenses. Yes, they played the Bills last week. But they were, but the Bills put up huge passing numbers in that game. And you go back to the other time that the Vikings played a good passing offense, it was against the Miami Dolphins, but they were without Tua Tungavaloa for that game. So I don't think we could really put any stock in that win. So I'm actually going to take my Cowboys minus one and a half. This line doesn't make any sense. It seems like the bookmakers know something here. Seems like they're trying to get you to take the Vikings. I'm going to go the other way. Give me my Dallas Cowboys minus one and a half in this one. That is going to take us on to the primetime game, starting with the Chiefs taking on the Chargers. The Chargers, a six-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 50. We saw these two teams meet up in week two of Thursday Night Football, back when they gave us good games on Thursday Night Football. You guys remember that? It was pretty awesome. We used to have good games on Thursday. Uh, not so much the last few weeks. Of course, Mike Williams torched the Chiefs in week two in a game that the Chargers really should have won a late pick six swinging that game for the Chiefs. But Mike Williams uh, may not be available for this game. Him and Keenan Allen both questionable. But even if they're both able to play, they're definitely going to be limited. Uh, this offense has looked pretty pitiful without the two of them. They're over-reliant on Austin Eckler. I think this Chiefs run defense, uh, they did a pretty good job bottling up Eckler in the first matchup. I think they'll do the same thing. Of course, you still have to worry about Eckler out of the backfield. But I think this Chiefs team is good enough uh, to beat a Chargers team with two hobbled wide receivers and just Austin Eckler as their only other weapon. So give me the Chiefs minus six in this one. And finally, we are going to close the podcast out with Monday Night Football. It's going to be the 49ers taking on the Cardinals. The Cardinals, an eight-point underdog in Mexico for this game. Uh, the Cardinals listed as the home team, but this game is in Mexico City. The over-under sitting at 43.5. And, and that stadium in Mexico is a high-altitude stadium, much like... Uh, Denver. So you see a lot of road teams struggling in Denver. That's uh, part of the reason that I'm giving out the under in that Denver game. Uh, traveling teams, their offenses don't play as well in Denver because of the high altitude, the thin air. However, Kyle Shanahan has had the 49ers practicing at high altitude all week. Um, meanwhile, I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury to do anything like that because he is not a very good coach. Uh, anytime that you have uh, these unique circumstances, I'm always going to trust the better coach. So in this situation, I'm going to trust Kyle Shanahan, who is preparing for this game 
against Cliff Kingsbury, who doesn't even know who his starting quarterback is going to be. They have not said whether it's going to be Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray. So give me the known quantity here. Give me the 49ers minus eight. I'm just going to take the better coach uh, in a situation where I think he sees an advantage. He, like I said, he has his team practicing at high altitude. He's going to have them ready for this situation, whereas I don't think the bad coach in Cliff Kingsbury is going to. Sometimes uh, it is just as simple as that, but that is going to do it for my picks. A brief podcast this week. I usually have about six pages of notes when I fly solo, but because I had two guests planned on this one, I left plenty of time for other people to be talking, but those other people unfortunately were not able to join me. So the end result is we get a shorter podcast than normal this week, but hopefully I still gave out some good picks. And just to recap, I like the under 41 on Thursday night between the Titans and the Packers. I like the Bears plus three against the Falcons. I like the Bills minus eight in the snowstorm against the Browns. I like the Eagles minus six and a half against the Colts. And those two games are going to be the teaser of the week. We are teasing the Bills down to minus two and the Eagles down to minus just a half point. I like the Jets plus three against the Patriots. The Saints minus four against the Rams. The Lions plus three against the Giants. I like the Panthers plus 13 against the Ravens. The Commanders minus three against the Texans. The under 41 and a half in the Broncos Raiders game. I like the under 41 in the Bengals Steelers game. The Cowboys minus one and a half against the Vikings. The Chiefs minus six against the Chargers, and the 49ers minus eight against the Cardinals. Back to picking a lot more sides this week. Uh, In the few weeks prior, I've really been more on totals. This week, getting back to more sides, it just happened uh, to like more sides this week than totals. As I said, eight and six last week. Hopefully, another above 500 week, and hopefully, The teaser of the week gets back on track as well. Unfortunately, Josh not able to join me, so I don't have the family five-leg parlay, but I will converse with him and James over Twitter, and we will try to get a five-leg parlay out there before the Sunday games kick off. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.